From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. Well, that's a rarity, my friend. Okay, we're back. I'm sorry. We were, we were, uh, you we were, were supposed to save that for the air. We were beating up the candidate off the air. So that's we, uh, well, okay. we, that was all you did. Vince was getting him a cup of coffee. I was getting him a breakfast sandwich and I walked back in here and he's like, <laughs> I think I'm watching like a few good men here or something. <laughs> I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Yeah, well, I can. It's all good. So, uh, no, but, uh, in the studio with us this morning for the uh, last hour, it's, uh, uh, congressional candidate, uh, Brad Sostak. And a uh, really nice guy, uh, young man. How old are you? Do you mind me asking? 30, 36. Six? I'll be 37 in I was, September. I was going to say 35. You have the glow of a young man about <laughs> you, my friend. And uh, he's in here, and he's running for uh, Congressional District Sweet. 13. I'm actually older than somebody in here. So. <laughs> well, you, yeah, we, I, Aaron, I, you, you don't count. Yeah, I and, knew uh, I knew you were way younger than me. And uh, his opponent in the uh, race is uh, Charlie Crist, who, uh, <laughs> if you've lived here in the Sunshine State for you more know than, Charlie, we we all know him. You know the guy who was a Republican, then he was a Democrat, and then now he's a Republican, and uh, I don't know what he is now, or is he? I don't know. Independent. He's back to a Democrat these oh, days. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So uh, you know, and uh, uh, we were talking a little bit off the air, you know, and uh, I. I a smart guy, you know, Navy veteran, uh, consider yourself a conservative. And, uh, according to your, uh, uh, commercial that we have on our Facebook page, also an outsider, which is a popular moniker to have these days, especially since there's one sitting in the white house as we speak. Um, now you originally came down here from, uh, I think you said California. Is that where you were from? California? was born in California, I, you know, left there when I was age 18, enlisted in the Navy, moved around the country a lot, um, and my last uh, duty station was actually up there in Gainesville, the University of Florida. Mm-hmm. Go taught, Gators. Go Gators. Taught Navy and Marine Corps ROTC, so the future Navy and Marine Corps officers, ones that wear their uniform on campus, uh, all that, and then get sent to the fleet to be pilots, submarine officers, surface warfare officers. Okay, I really just like him Marines. a lot more now. And, uh, yeah, so I was there and got my MBA and uh, was a business, and joined the business world after that. So uh, you, then you decided to come and move into Pinellas County. What made you pick Pinellas County? Pinellas County's great. I got friends and family in the area. Um, down in Bradenton, I got um, my cousin who's over in the hospital for an extended period in Tampa mm-hmm. at the Moffitt Center. Um, right. Well, and it just God seems like a great place. Everything's okay. Yep. Good. Good. Uh, everything's right, good. going uh, going fine. And uh, yeah, it's just a great place to raise your family. I've come here traveling down here. When I was in the Navy, we'd park over in. Cocoa Beach, Port Canaveral. We take trips over to uh, the West Side, Tampa. Oh, Clearwater Beach guy, huh? Yeah. Do that sometimes. Uh-huh, I'm sure, <laughs> we're in the college Back days. In the college days, yeah. Yeah, well, sure. The Navy days. I'm surprised we didn't beat each other up out on the beach one time. Or <laughs> Stop uh, it. I'm just saying. Uh, no, a Navy guy I would. I would give you all the credit in the world. Now, uh, so you're here. You're raising your. You got your wife, a beautiful wife here that we met, and uh, you guys are currently living here in Pinellas County. Yep, we're living in North St. Pete. Um, near Sawgrass Lake Park. It's a great little place. Dude, to take you're the not family. far from my house. Oh, where yet? I'm over here in Fossil Park. Okay, you're just right up the road, man. Yeah, come over for a for a barbecue. What are you cooking? 
whatever you bring. Yeah, whatever you're gonna bring. Yeah, exactly. Oh, whatever I'm bringing, sure. That's the daily I'm, hunt. Yeah. No, yeah, I'll bring some axes deer. I got some stuff left in there. You go with the deer. I'll get the fish, Jonathan. Well, to take pork, your pick. Hog. Pork. Beaver the hog. No elk. No, no, take your pick. I mean, you want pig, deer, elk. I want something exotic. Make him bring the elk. elk. Do the elk. Bring the elk. It ain't gonna happen. So quit talking. So anyway. uh <laughs> For you. I drive my truck to places that I'm invited. Okay? I understand so. that. Ouch. Now you you live here in Pinellas County, and uh, you were in the business world. I don't know what you did before. Uh, is it something you can talk about, or you know, or no? Or uh, yeah, absolutely. So I worked for a management consulting firm, McKinsey and Company. Um, I have tra- no idea what that is. Traveling around uh, the country, working with global business leaders, um, helping them transform their businesses, and you know, when profits and losses are on the line, you know, you're protecting people's retirement. And uh, it's a little different than the way the government works right now. They screw something up. Who are they accountable to? You know, maybe we vote them out in a couple of years. Yeah, maybe. Yep. But in the business world, like I said, profits and losses are on the line. That's why I think Donald Trump's having a lot of success up there. He's a negotiator. He's acting like a CEO. You know, he's going up there and shaking things up that haven't been shaken up in a while. And that's exactly what a CEO does. And on, on Monday morning, if, uh, you know, the presentation's not ready for the investors, the CEO gets in there and maybe throws, a, throws something against the wall. And, you know, he's not the... He's, he's not, not the he's guy a, anymore. He's, yep, not, he's not. He's not a perfect. Um, well, he's not polished. Or, yeah, yeah, but he gets polished. in there. He knows how. Like you said, I like exactly the analogy you're using is because it's like me and you were talking about last hour, and some of the things you talk about. It's like running a small business. Mm-hmm. You know, I walk in the door of my business every morning. I don't have just my wife and my two kids. I've got a young man working for me. I've got another lady that works for us. I mean their families to me their families are my responsibility and that's that's something that i think is sorely lacking or missing with politicians is the fact that they don't realize that we're the ones that voted them in office our interest or what they should be worried about and you should not, be more like us and not more like them yeah. but now what made you go decide one day you're like you know what this stuff just ain't working and i gotta get in there and fix it yeah, so I didn't actually join politics directly from uh, my last job. I left my job back in October of last year, and uh, my wife and I took some time off. We actually went traveling. Um, we were in Southeast Asia, Australia, um, in, in that area for about five months. And, um, you know, we planned on leaving for about a year and just doing some long-term traveling, kind of reconnecting, because that McKinsey business world is is a, um, intense, just like the Navy time was intense. You know, you're gone for months at a time. Right. And so we just wanted to. We never took a honeymoon. We got married a couple of years ago, so we wanted to kind of oh, good for take you. some time off. Yeah, That's nice. And but now what made you mad enough to come back here and go, you know what? I got to get this thing and go get started. Uh, you know, to be honest, Donald Trump, our president, needs help up there. He's trying to solve some problems. I mean, and he's just getting resistance from everywhere. Um, the media doesn't help him. Um, you know, you got Democrats up there are moving even further and further to the left. We've been looking for a solution for illegal immigration for decades now, and it seems like every politician campaigns on fixing it, and then they get in office, and what happens? Yeah, I was about don't. to say, there's just about as many Republicans right now that are jacking with everything instead of doing what they should do. So yeah, well, that's just my opinion. But now, when you when you say that, and you say that uh, you know he needs some help up there. What is it that you think you can do and to get up there to help him? I mean, uh, representing Pinellas County, I mean, we have, what, two million some odd people in Pinellas County? Is that right? Somewhere around yeah. there? I mean, does that... Quarter does million. That, more, well, I'll be District 13, which is just the about a million, 800,000 people. Uh, oh, it's just a million. Yeah, yeah it's no big that's deal. That's it. Yeah, but, but I mean, does that is that a loud enough voice to, to help that kind of situation or no? Or are you just... 
I mean, does that help us all around the country? Because I know when you guys get up there, you're supposed to fight for all of us, not just the people that are living here that you're working for. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll be representing Pinellas County. So, of course, Pinellas County and Florida's interests are very near and dear to my heart. Um, something like the offshore drilling ban that happened after the 20, 2000 uh, BP spill, um, you know, pr- protecting our, our beaches, protecting our natural resources. Very, yeah. very important. Uh, however, clear. you know, I'll also be representing and fighting for the Constitution and fighting for America. And, um, you know, yet the other day somebody asked me, well, why do you want to build the wall? You know, the wall is in uh, this is Florida. What does that matter uh, that the wall on the southern border is, is why does that matter to Floridian? You ever been to Waimala? No, <laughs> no, I'm just saying that's, uh, people who are listening know exactly what I'm talking about. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I was that. just going to say, you know, they, they asked me, why, why is that important? Why should I care about the wall in Florida? And I'm like, well, it's an American problem. So that that's it's a Florida problem. You know, 90 percent of the illegal opioids, which is the crisis in America right now, come across that southern border. You also have human trafficking. You have uh, yep. cartels bringing, um, you know, women and children as drug mules. And it's, um, you know, they get. Uh, abused along the way and it's terrible and it's an american problem i don't think that a lot of people understand that i know that they think that now that weed is legal in california and colorado and all this other stuff i even had this debate with a guy on facebook he's like dude there's no reason to build the wall because i mean most of the pot that's grown here now is uh you know it's cultivated here in the united states and i went you're wrong go look at the dea go look at the centers for disease control 70% 70% of the marijuana that's out here and is on the streets still comes across the border. Uh, so, I mean, don't tell me that we're filling in the gap by whatever farms that we have here. Uh, so it's still flowing across the border. And if that's coming across the border, then everything else is too. Yep. Heroin, methamphetamines, all the really dangerous stuff. Exactly. That fentanyl that, um, that's you know, horrible. Killing. Yeah, it's killing people. That's a horrible thing. I mean, we have a friend who lost a loved one because of that stuff, but uh, now, I will ask you this. In Pinellas County, what do you think, when you look around and you see your neighborhood, what do you think is the is the, the, the big issues that we need to see or what we're going to be facing? The big issue, I think, that the is, is an American issue, but specifically in Pinellas County, is we, when I go out and walk on the street and I go out and meet people at the doors, it's just so much different than what the national media would, would have you believe, that we're a divided country, that we, um, you know, we're fighting in the streets, there's there's riots and uh, the, yesterday was just the after this weekend was just the um, anniversary of the Charlottesville race riots uh, one year ago where a woman was ran over and killed. Um, but, you know, you go out and you go to the grocery store and you talk to people and you go out uh, to a Rays game and you go out to a Rowdy's game or you go to the beach. It's 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 America. It's people. It, we're we're we're, we're want, we want to go to work. We want to live our lives. We want to be happy. And, um, you know, I think the media just uh, they just sensationalize stories to. Um, you know, to get ratings and that's how they make their money. And it just pushes an agenda of division. And so I think, you know, somebody like me actually talking about some of these things and getting people to focus and, and getting and helping people understand that why, you know, why does the media throw a story out there like these kids in cages thing that came up a few weeks ago? Yes, it's terrible. But have you been sitting on that story for four years? It was happening under Obama. Yeah, like exactly. what, I, the media has an agenda. The media is trying <laughs> how to quickly people. all their pictures they put out got debunked. Yep. And uh, yeah. And I just don't see that out in Pinellas. And so I want to, you know, I just, I, you, you don't cure hate with love. You, you don't cure hate with more hate. You cure hate with love. You cure hate with talking to people. And some of the things I see now, um, you know, they're trying to shut down speech. I don't know if you guys know Infowars. Um, they're shutting down prominent conservatives on, on Facebook, on Twitter, blocking their ads. Um, and you know, I think See, free speech wrong. is important. We need to we need to talk more and not, not when you when you shut down ideas, those ideas are allowed to uh, fester, and uh, then people get upset and then they they blow up. You know, yeah. we need to have these conversations. I'll tell you why your idea of socialism stinks. 
but you know, we I want to have that debate. I don't want to uh, you know shut any voices out, even if they might be ridiculous. That's why uh, Jonathan got kicked off of Facebook. We had to change his name to Jennifer, so he had to change <laughs> right. his whole Facebook page to Jennifer Swindle. <laughs> right. Yeah. So now he can post. Now you again. put that out there. Thanks. Well, I'm gonna go, go look to up, break. I'm gonna go look up Jennifer Swindle and see if you're still there. Uh, we're, we'll come back. We're going to talk more with a congressional candidate, uh, Brad Sostak, Sostak, uh, who's running for Congress. Sostak, Sostak. Get it right. Come on, man. I got to get it right. Sostak, Navy veteran, and uh, we're going to take a break. We're brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors. And, of course, uh, Brandon Ford. Hang with us, you guys. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Jonathan, uh, Vince, and, of course, our special guest at the studio, <clears throat> congressional candidate, Brad Sostak. Good job. Good job. Brad Sostak. It's an O, not a. I, I know. Just rolls that. off the tongue. I know. But uh, I was reading his little uh, hanger, his little door hanger. <clears throat> has his little short bio on here. It's so nice. Let me just go ahead and read this to you because it sounds so nice. Brad as we like to call him. A U.S. veteran is an outsider to politics, but no stranger to strong leadership and sensible business. Americans are fed up with the broken beltway in Washington, D.C. Yeah, we are. And voters are electing passionate Americans like Donald Trump to fill in the roles previously held by ineffective career politicians. Please let there be term limits uh, with questionable ethics. You're happily married. Do you want to mention your wife, or do we not want to mention your wife? My wife, Lana, is my biggest supporter. I love you if you're listening. I hope you are. And she was a very nice lady. We met her as well at yes. the uh, at the party. <clears throat> uh, let's say here, uh, during World War II, both of your grandparents served in the military. Were they Navy men as well? Uh, one Coast Guard, one Air Force. Really? Yep. So, Coast Guard, you were messing with the Germans, and then with the Air Force, where was it? Europe or... Uh, he just joined and he went to Korea. <clears throat> oh, boy, that's a lot of fun. Uh, Brad's parents worked hard to provide their family, built a family business from the ground up, and mom worked in the sheriff's department until she retired. Which sheriff's department? Here? Or uh, back in California. California? California. God bless her. Get or, a rope, yep. <clears throat> which one? Out in Orange County? Out uh, San Bernardino County. Ooh, boy. Good now, stuff out there. Let me ask you a question. California, uh do you what do you think as being someone who is from there and seeing the like you said the left just getting so much further left um and i know so many people out there like for me in the archery industry it's crazy but i tell this to people all the time california is one of the largest bow hunting states in the union and there's a lot of people i know that are out there that it's kind of like here i hate to say this you have town, the big towns, basically, that control. But the, when you get out away from the towns, it's... Pretty, it's rural. It's very mm-hmm. nice. You get out 20 minutes outside of L.A., and, dude, you're in the wilderness. Yep, especially Northern California, a ton of farms up oh, there. Oh, yeah, huge. Yep. Fresno, the same mm-hmm. way. You know, once you get out of the valley and, and head out in the woods, you go across the bridge from San Francisco, <clears throat> go over by Sausalito, take a left, hit that coast road, and it is you're in another totally different world. There's no cars. There's no houses. There's no nothing that you see out there. It's nothing but deer and wildlife running around everywhere out there. Yeah, all the way up to the Point Reyes Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just there's nothing there but cattle ranches. But people don't see that part. 
And I think Jonathan's point is is that you have L.A., San Diego, San Francisco, all making the decisions for the rest of the people in that entire state, and they're not happy with that. But they have no voices. Why is that? I mean, I, I mean, and and I think the rest of the country. You hear the people like get rid of the electoral college. Well, then it would be New York and California deciding all of our votes. Yep, that's a great point. The fo- the founders knew that uh, you know they didn't want the most populous states to dictate policy for the rest of the states, um, and that's why they have the electoral college, and that's why that's that's the the metric to win the win the presidency. Well, now do you think when that's why I was kind of asking, you know, with a million people and a million voices strong, how much influence do we have in, in the rest of the state that you would think you would have? You can have as much as you want. I, I put that on the individual congressman. I mean, there's some congressmen, left, both left and right. You watch, uh, you turn on the news, whether it's Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, you'll always see the same 10 or 20 senators. You'll see the same 10 and 20 House members getting out there trying to get their message out. Um, you know, they'll send their email updates. They'll do their, they'll go around and still stay in touch with their district. They'll have a district office. You can come and meet with your congressman, schedule a meeting, meet with them in D.C. if you're up in D.C. and take a tour of the Capitol. Um, so, so you, you know, you can stay, I, it's, it's on the representative if they're not engaged, if they're not representing their people well, and that's something we, the people can stand up and say, Hey, if, if I'm not happy, we, we elect somebody else. Wow. So you know, living in Pinellas County and, and being a part of what we are in, in district 13, what would you see different that we can do as a, as a community and make our area a better area? You know, I think uh, the I think the environment is a perfect example, and I'll segue this. We took we said we weren't, we didn't want to talk about it during the break, um, but the whole no, I said you would just start a fight in the room. That's all I said. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say we weren't going to talk about it. I'm just saying it's going to start a fight. So you just know, be ready. No, yeah. One thing on on I think a lot of Floridians' minds right now is is the um, the environment and what's going on down south with Lake Okeechobee, and then we also got this red tide, which is the biggest one we've had in years. Mm-hmm. Completely natural phenomenon, but you know how are we responding to it and how are we dealing with it? Uh, just this morning, I read an article. It just the red tide just reached uh, southern Pinellas County. That's right. Yep. So it's so so it's here, um, and the, the environment should be a bipartisan issue. You, everybody in this room, everybody listening, pays enough in taxes that we should not have to worry about our environment with all even with all the other problems. And there there are plenty of things we waste money on, and that that money needs to be diverted from things like illegal immigration, which costs this country a hundred billion dollars a year. What if we took ten percent of that? And hired ten really smart engineers and scientists and put them in a room and said, "Look, yeah. how do we fix this problem? Why, why would yeah. that start an argument? Because that's exactly how I feel. That's what we said earlier this morning on the show. Anyways, no, I'm just saying if you were going to start pointing fingers, uh, you know, right. well, I mean, but my like in, like you could probably you understand my point. Of, like I said, I'm very agricultural. When it comes to that, I'm going to defend the farmers and the ranchers because that's my family background, and I know how regulated those people are i mean i made the joke with a guy a policeman that was at our shop this week next to the medical profession and law enforcement the farming and agriculture side of things is so regulated it's not even funny and i get mad when that's everybody's first knee-jerk reaction is to point at those people when i know when it comes to like you said reestablishing the environment and doing the things that need to be done to get things back the way they were we're the first, the front line, and we're the first ones to do it. But I agree, what you said makes total sense to me. Why are we not using funds that we have for guys to sit out there on the side of the road to fix a pothole for five hours 
And why aren't we using those funds? No offense to the people on the road crews, but why are we not using those funds to get people in places, as you just said, to where we can fix this problem? And that's, it's like I told them, you can watch a show called tank and they build huge saltwater aquariums that stay pristine. And I made this point earlier. They stay pristine and everything else, even with the fish doing what they do, which is going to the bathroom, doing all the other stuff. And yet we can't figure out a way to combat an algae problem. That's, it drives me nuts. Well, as you were, as you said off the air, it all depends on who's pulling the strings. Yeah. I mean, it all depends on where the money's coming from and who gets to make the, the loud voice, who makes the votes, do all that kind of stuff. So yep, right now, which is a combination of, um, you know, the congressman and then you got to follow the money. If they get money from um, ranchers, farmers, that's one thing. And that, that might be OK. Uh, if they get money from another competing interest like a hotel developer or a real estate developer, that might be another thing. I'll tell you, a guy like Charlie Chris is getting money from about 400 different packs and special interests. So who's, who's Charlie going to going to take sides with? Mm-hmm. Is he going to side with we the people or is he going to side with the people giving him uh, contributing to his reelection campaign? So if I give him five bucks, you think he'll care about what I'm thinking? If you're loud, <laughs> show, up, show up to his office with a megaphone. Yep. He's loud. Well, I got yeah, I to get, get Bill George on here because oh, he's waiting. Lord. How you doing, Billy? Oh, doing wonderful. Yourself? Uh, we're doing pretty good. What do you want? Oh, I was just turning around. <laughs> I just had a call today for Big Sugar since he was in there. <laughs> oh, you mean Vince. I love yeah. you too, Bill. Yeah, Vince. <laughs> good morning. But, uh, so where are you morning. at? Are you in Ananokachobee? We we are en route to Okeechobee, going to go uh, pedal some of our alligator gear to help protect women and children and small pets. There you go. Oh, okay. I thought you were going down there to battle the green allergy. What's up, man? Yeah, I thought no, you were taking He's no. multitasking. See, what we need to do is finally convince the people that that is the new kelp and it's good to eat, and they'll be out there collecting it to eat it. <laughs> you try it first, Lord. Bill. Let us know yeah. how it goes, bro. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> This is the real agitator of the show, too. By the way, do you, do you have any do you have any questions for our candidate whatsoever? I do, I do, I do. I, I turn around. I just you know, obviously, you hear a million ads and a little a lot of different people talking about different things. But I'm just curious what what the biggest issue, you know, position that his opponent had that he thinks the opponent has the wrong position on, and what he thinks the right position would be. Wow, hey, Bill. Yeah, thanks. Great, great question. That's probably, there's probably a lot of them. Yeah. No, I think anybody. So just in general, any candidate right now who is not talking about helping President Trump drain the Washington, D.C. swamp. And in the state, you have your own Tallahassee swamp. I'm federal, so won't comment on that much. But any candidate who is not all in for getting rid of some of these bureaucrats and people who are doing very bad stuff up in our Congress I don't know if I necessarily trust him. I mean, so my I'm campaigning on helping President Trump drain the swamp, joining things like the Oversight Committee, joining things like the Judiciary Committee, asking tough questions, and like I mentioned before, basically acting like a CEO up in Washington, D.C., holding people accountable like President Trump is attempting to do, but he's got a ton of resistance. And, you know, yeah. I don't think Charlie Crist, uh, Charlie Crist, if I think of Charlie Crist, I think that is the swamp. So I don't think he's going to be talking about draining it that much. <clears throat> and I would yeah. agree with that. I mean, yeah, 100%. And- one of the things that I, I really like about Trump and when he was going in there, I, sa- I said, I don't care if you're a Democrat or you're Republican. If you're not doing what you need to be doing for the people, he's going to call you out. And he did. <laughs> yeah, the swamp is on both sides. I, I Absolutely. Think, I think that a lot of <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of Americans are just to the point in their lives where they're like, you know what? 
just fix it. I'm sick of talking about it. We're tired of dealing with it. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. Just fix it. Fix it. Don't take away my rights. Don't raise my taxes. Do all the other stuff. Take away my Second Amendment. Come after my guns. Ban this. Ban that. Just fix it, dude. Just fix it. And that's what needs to happen. I mean, everybody I, says so much stuff, and it's like, just do it. Just get it done. And do I what you say you're going to do. I think that's why so many people are mad at Trump is because for He's him to it. fix it and for him to fix it the way everybody wants him to fix it makes all the other people mad around him. You yeah. don't like it to be fixed that way. It's like, what, are you, what have you been doing for the last 30 years, politicians? <laughs> like, Trump's accomplished more in his... He accomplished 60% of his agenda 18 months in. That's crazy. That's crazy. It? Yeah, it's never happened before. Bill, we got to go. We got to take a break, man. Get out of here. See you, buddy. All right. Hey, All right, don't eat the algae. Love you, man. Get out there and remember, rake and Clorox and you'll fix the whole thing. We're going to take a quick break, you guys. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with uh, candidate. I keep wanting to say congressman. I hope so. Um, <laughs> candidate Brad Sostak. So I like Sostak better. Tomato, tomato. Tomato, tomato. Sounds good. Potato, potato. We'll call you tomato. All right, we're going to come back. Thank you, G5. Thank you, Brandon Ford. We'll be back. Welcome back, everybody. Big and Wild Outdoors. You sound so much better. Hey, this stuff closes my voice. It's still bad. <laughs> what are you doing? Braden, Jonathan, and Vince in the studio with our special guest. I hope I say his name right this time. <clears throat> Congressional candidate Brad Solstack. <laughs> From the peanut gallery, I get a little applause. I get applause. Oh, Brad's got a sense of humor. This is going to be good. <clears throat> I left the room to get some water. But uh, you guys were conversing about something when I came back in. It sounded important. And we were kind of talking about the welfare issues, and you know, and I asked him what your opinion is on the welfare problem we have. You know, I think people need to get back to work as soon as possible if they're able-bodied, and uh, you know that includes. We, we, I remember. I think back to um, the Great Recession under President Obama, uh, caused kind of at the latter end of, of President Bush's uh, um, uh, leadership. But, you know, he had he allowed unemployment, somebody to be on unemployment for 99 weeks of unemployment. Do you remember, y'all remember that? That's yeah, 99 weeks. That's a, a, if you can't find a job in almost two years, you were, you were doing something wrong as a country. Any job. Yep. Yeah, and so, that seems pretty incredible to me because once once everything started picking back up, all of a sudden it didn't seem to take two years to find a job. And I think now, what were we at, 42 or 43 million people that were on uh, assistance during Obama, mm-hmm. largest, and, and now industry. we're down to what, like uh, some stupid little number it's, now. It's yeah, record low unemployment. The economy's <laughs> roaring right now. Um, you know, it, it wasn't all President Obama's fault, in my opinion. He did, although his the progressive Democrat policies did cause him to preside over the um, longest economic recovery in history. It shouldn't have taken that long. That's if we crazy. had great monetary policy, if we had great job policy, more of the uh, reinvestment in America then that, that would not have happened to well, a Republican president. I think, too, that one thing everybody misses out on is they put you on welfare for so long, but the problem was is the other thing is the businesses, You know, like I said, for me, being a small business owner, the businesses didn't have the extra money to hire people. And that's the thing. 
that's where I get kind of sideways with people on a lot of these issues is, yeah, you're looking at it from just your little slice of the pie and you're not looking at it. Well, yeah, you want a job or you want to go out and get work. Well, if somebody doesn't have the extra capital to hire you, then it's not going to happen. But the problem is the cost of living goes up and the wages stay the same. How do you keep up with the cost of living? Well, that's... Yeah, Brad. Well, inflation, it, inflation is a separate issue. Yeah. You know, it's it's caused by poor monetary policy. And I say inflation is, is a tax on us. And it's because um, yep. the, the Federal Reserve's policy where they where they want to keep inflation at a certain percent per year, you know, and it really destroys savers. Um, the other thing, going back to the, the unemployment issue and the, and the um, issue of the, the economic recovery, you know, trickle down economics does work. The Democrats will not let, want you to believe mm-hmm. that. However... It's it's proven. Um, go on a, a website called Americans for Tax Reform, ATR.org, and look, and search for the tax reform good news. There's over 600, probably more than that now, American companies who have given bonuses, who have reinvested. They just brought um, steel factories to Ohio. You're bringing yep. manufacturing jobs to Pennsylvania, bringing coal jobs back to West Virginia. They're saying these jobs were gone forever, but lo and behold, actually with good policies, they're not. We're bringing people back to work. You know, I, I think... There's a video going around where Obama is sitting there telling people, how's he going to do that? How's he going to bring back three million jobs or whatever it is? The magic wand. And, dude, <laughs> it, it happened. And it hasn't, it hasn't even taken two years to do it. Yep. That's the crazy. I think Americans, they want to work. They want to yeah. get out there. They want to be successful. They want to feed their families. Nobody wants to be on welfare. Nobody wants to do that government assistance crud. Nobody graduates from high school and says, I want to go on welfare. Exactly. Yeah. So if they're not there, they're not there. And once the jobs started coming back, dude, how quickly did people get off the couch? Well, but what about the people who are, are making a career out of being on the welfare? Though? That's You're the always going to have that. You're yeah. always going to have those freeloaders. You're always going to have those people sleeping on the streets in San Francisco shooting heroin. I mean, it's it's not going to go away. And as long as you got people you, like Nancy Pelosi going, they need help. It's a disease. It's okay. But what about the people that keep having more kids so they can stay on the welfare program? Why why can't we put that's a, part a of cap beating the that. system, dude? That's part of of gaming the system. More babies you got, more money that's you make, man. Pretty much what Brad's talking about can, can be right. done. Yeah, the, yeah. the game in the system does happen. I, I don't think it's as widespread as people people acknowledge, but there are a lot of other problems like homeless homeless veterans people who can't afford their medical care, right. who are not able-bodied or not of sound mind, mm-hmm. that actually deserve this welfare. And, and, and that's, and that's totally okay. That's who it was that's for. Right. That's what it's designed for. And if you're a long-term recipient of that, that's totally okay. I'm talking about the people who are able-bodied, who can can go to work. Let's get them back to work as soon as possible. I think most everyone would agree. I look at it this way. If a vet that came back from Iraq has one arm and no legs and then a wheelchair and he's out working. If that guy can go get a job and work, so can that other person. Yeah, dang right, you guy can. Guy sitting right. on his front steps drinking a cold one. Yeah, right. I mean, that just that. I think that infuriates all Americans who get up every day, brush their teeth, drive their kids to school, get them to the bus stop, and go and put in their ten, twelve, sixteen hours a day, and then they come back working for a paycheck. And I think that's what makes well, people mad. And I think that's one of the reasons why Trump is sitting where he's sitting right As a now. country, we need to take care of our vets. And if it wasn't for our vets, we wouldn't have a country to have. Well, that's true. Well, now, they now should for come you, first. Now, for you, I know you're going to be there fighting for us in Pinellas County. If if you When you're out there shaking hands and kissing babies, what is their number one issue that they go, when you get there, you got to fix blank? 
Over the last, uh, I would say, several weeks to month, the biggest issue I've been hearing at the doors from Republican voters, who is mostly what I talked to for the upcoming primary, is by and large illegal immigration. Uh, it's costing this this the country a ton of money. Um, it makes us less safe, and we're giving benefit. We're, we're the Democrats are basically saying we we want to give public benefits to illegal immigrants, and it's costing a ton of money. We should divert those funds to veterans. We can divert it to the environment. Yeah. Um, and, and so supporting things like building the wall, um, ending chain migration, which is where one person can come, come to America and then he can bring his entire family a couple of years later. Um, you know, we should be a fully merit based system and you should wait your turn and you shouldn't be eligible for any kind of benefits until you're naturalized as an American citizen, because during the naturalization process, it's a pretty important oath that one is required to take. It says, I, I will defend America against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and they're required to swear. And, you know, an illegal immigrant comes over. You're not sure who he is. You, you don't know who who he owes allegiance to. Why is um, it? Let me ask you this. I hate to interrupt you, but why is it that America is seen as a place where it's just a free for all? Whereas if I or Jonathan or Vince wanted to move back to Italy or he wanted to go live in the Bahamas or I wanted to go live in Canada or Mexico, do you know what kind of hoops I have to go through? Just because they're do not that? as blessed as we are. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying that. Why is it that every other country? can uh, put up a wall or put up borders or say, look, for you to come in here and do it legally, you got to do this, 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 and this, and this, or you have to turn around and go back to where you came from. But if we do it, we're bigots, we're racist, we're we're evil, we're anti, we're phobic, we're whatever. I mean, wh- why is it that we're the bad guys Yeah, when we it, ask it, the same questions that the world asks? I, th- I think it gets mixed up a lot. You know, I am all for healthy, legal immigration I don't want to, um, you know, just go off and deport every single illegal immigrant that's here. That's not the answer. Um, you know, financially, it just wouldn't work anyway. Um, but, you know, we need to have a system where we can vet people. This the, the world isn't the same as it was 100 years ago or even 50 years ago. Um, you have five years ago. <laughs> you have legitimate gang members, terrorists, um, you know, jihadists, um, extremists all over the place who have all kinds of agendas. And a lot of them dislike America and, and want to hurt Americans. And uh, that just wasn't the case back uh, in, in 1900. You know, you might get the occasional spy maybe, but uh, it wasn't that the threat is not the same as it was then. And that's something that the progressive Democrats don't either don't understand or they're just ignoring on purpose. Um, and the other thing is votes. Um, there is a poor voter ID system in many states. Some states don't even have voter ID. And right. is it a coincidence that all of those states are Democrat states? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, maybe you know, it's a coincidence. I don't know. I don't like coincidences, though. You know, Vince and I talked about it. When I used to have to go vote, I had to show my voter's ID card, had to show yeah. my driver's license, and now I walk in there and I go, do you need my, they're like, no, just give me your name. Well, name. Florida's, Florida's Republican and Florida has uh, name a and voter social. ID. Yep. Well, now I will say this. I don't know if you're a fan of history, but I am. And I will say this. For the longest time in the United States, people may not know this, but after the great migration from Europe, when people came over from uh, Poland, Ireland, England, Scotland, wherever in Europe. We shut down immigration for, what, almost 60 years? There was nobody allowed to immigrate. And the reason why they did that is so that those generations and those kids and those families would have time to assimilate in the United States. They would have time to take their oath. They would have time to be educated, to learn the language, to learn how the government works, all that stuff. They gave those families time. Nowadays, they just like, come on in. We'll give you some money. Give her a house. Here's a, an Obama phone. Here's some money. We'll, we'll take care of you. No, you don't have to change your language. We'll, we'll change our paperwork to fit your needs. <laughs> and now, that didn't used to be that way. 
and when we come back from break, I guess you'll get to answer that stuff. But I hate to lay that thick on you, but we are the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by G5 Feet and Outdoors. Great out there. Go see them. Uh, great folks out there. And, of course, Brandon Ford will be back. You just super impressed me that you speak Japanese. Big and wild outdoors. I speak a lot of languages, my friend. Uh, we're back at the studio here. We're uh, with congressional candidate uh, <clears throat> Brad Sostak. And before the uh, the break, we were talking about in the old days with immigration, after the great migration from Europe into the United States, they shut down immigration into the in the United States so that those families would have time to learn the language, learn how government works, learn how their taxes are paid, learn all that stuff. And each successful generation that came through there was more and more and more and more Americanized. They already knew. They didn't have to go back. Their great-grandmothers, their grandmothers, they still spoke Italian when they got there, when they were around the kitchen and in their own little neighborhoods. But when they went outside of that, you know, they had to learn English. They had to learn those things. And nowadays, we don't seem to do that. And so my question to you is, why don't we do that? Why do we just immediately, as soon as they come here, embrace them with government arms and hand them government money, our money, and just say, go live your life. Go be happy. Don't learn to speak the language. It's okay. We'll accommodate you instead of you learning to be like us. I can't walk into Japan or Germany or anywhere and go, is anybody in here speak English? Then, then, then I'm the dirty American. Then I'm that you know smug American who walks around France going, doesn't anybody around here speak English? I mean, come on, man. Wow. Where can I get a baguette and some damn coffee? Ain't there somebody here who speaks the damn language that can sell me some coffee? Then I'm the bad guy. But if I'm working somewhere and a guy walks up and goes, you don't got us anyone, and I go, I don't speak Spanish. And they're like, well, hey. you need to get somebody over hey, here who speaks who's Spanish. Vein, whose veins popping right now? Mine. Okay. And, and I have to accommodate them in my own country. Why isn't somebody in Washington smart enough to go, we got to give these people time to learn. They have to learn to live here in this country. Your question is the perfect description of why illegal immigration versus legal immigration is such a huge issue. Because if somebody comes here legally, the the process takes between five and ten years. They have to learn the language. They have to take a test. They have to assimilate. They have have built-in time to become an American citizen and, again, take that oath. When you have people coming here illegally... Um, you don't you don't know who they are. You don't know um, they can do whatever they want. They're not interested in taking this test. They're not interested in getting a social security number. They're not interested in paying taxes. They want the milk, but don't want to buy the cow. Exactly. exactly. And so the legal. I don't. I don't think shutting down, completely shutting down immigration is the answer. I think that having a healthy legal immigration system where we reward people who come here legally, and uh, you know they show by their merits, uh, not any kind of lottery system or random draws, but they show that they want to be citizens of America. We we can employ them. Um, there's a lot of talented people all around the world who, who want to work in America and, uh, you know, we'd love to have, and, uh, I don't want to shut any of that down, but we need to, re- uh, incentivize that vice incentivizing illegal immigration, which we currently do right now because we're giving them public benefits. They attend our schools, uh, and, and they're a net drain on the taxpayer of the tune of a hundred billion dollars. That's a lot of money. Okay. And, I, and, I only, and I don't get it. It's, it's only one country that we seem to want to accommodate. You know, you don't see people pouring over the border from Canada. You don't see uh, guys jumping off the ship in the harbor from South Africa to get here, even though they're being killed every day. You don't see people, you know, from other countries that uh, know that they're not going to make it unless they wet foot, dry foot. 
You know what I mean? Like Cuba or anywhere else like that. I, I don't I don't see that. I only see him accommodating Mexico. And I don't understand that because with the amount of money that we send down there and the amount of uh, products and goods that were are still being manufactured down there, uh, electronics, whatever, Cars. automobiles. Okay. I mean, you think about it. And, you know, every every time I ever watch anything about Mexico, they talk about the shining example of Mexico City and look at the economy and look how well they're doing and all this other stuff. But yet everybody wants to get the heck out of there, apparently, and come here to the United States. Yeah. When you give free stuff away... You're gonna get free stuff away. It's that's not, all there and, is. and it's not just it's not just Mexicans coming coming across the southern border. I mean that's that is not probably not even the largest percentage. You have Central Americans. They even caught uh, six Bangladeshi people um, related to ISIS a few weeks back trying to cross through Texas. Jesus. And they they, they caught them. And so it's not it's not only it's, it's just the fact that there is really in many places there is not a legitimate border and there are not enough agents um, to protect and keep keep bad people and again drugs. Um, weapons, gun, illegal guns from crossing the border. That's crazy. That's crazy. I, I know. I know we're on the immigration topic, but I want to get on the Second Amendment topic and see what. Give us Brad's opinions on, you know, black rifles, the whole nine yards. Second Amendment is. Uh, I love the amendment, and uh, it is one of the founding. Uh, original parts of the Bill of Rights. It is uh, important. Not you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, um, uh, let's regulate this because it's not. You can't use it for hunting." Well, the original purpose of the Second Amendment was not for hunting. It's to Thank defend you. our families. It's to, and uh, and if needed, defend our land from enemies, well, foreign and domestic. And I have another question that ties with that because a hot button issue for us in Hillsborough County was my kids started back to school yesterday. Now that they're having armed security guards at schools to, you know, not just resource officers, but truly armed security guards to deal with, unfortunately, the stuff like the Parkland shootings and things like that. What What's your stance on that? I absolutely support um, having having hardened schools, armed guards in schools. And, uh, you know, the, the left is really sometimes pretty despicable when they, they accuse the right of not caring about kids. Um and saying, oh, how can you allow this to happen in our schools? Um, well, you can fix this problem without infringing on the Second Amendment. Now, did anybody hear uh, about two days ago in New Mexico, they caught this guy running a basically a training, training ground school, for yeah. school shooters? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, th- this stuff happens. I mean, these there are crazy. There are uh, people out there who are bad and they want to do bad things, whether it's in schools, whether it's in malls, everywhere. Um, Not to cut you off, buddy, but. We're getting ready to get off the air here. How can people find you? Where where can they talk to you? Facebook, websites, how do they get a hold of you? Sure. www.bradsostack4florida.com. That's bradsostack4, F-O-R, florida.com. Facebook, Brad Sostack for Congress. And Twitter, at Brad Sostack. Although I'm censored right now, so you may not be able to find me easily. Just uh, keep looking. I went and liked your page yesterday, so <laughs> yeah. I know that, that's still up. But Vote uh, for him. Hillsborough's endorsing him. Yeah, <laughs> Hillsborough's endorsing him. Brad, thank you so much well, for coming Well, you got my out, vote, man. my yeah, friend. thank you, Vince. Yeah, Thanks, you guys. Got too. And, uh, I, you know, you're a good guy. Even if, if I mean, even if you weren't working for uh, going for Congress, I would, I'd still vote for you. You're a nice guy. It's all good. Uh, you know, if you missed any part of this interview, you missed any part of the show, you can always go to bigandwild.com and download it and listen to the podcast and all that stuff. You know you're welcome to come by anytime you want to, man. Because once good, you're man. in this Let's... room, you're a friend for life, so you're all good. You can come by anytime, okay? All right, you guys, thank you. We'll see you next weekend, man. We are the Big Wild Outdoors. Have fun. Bill George, be safe.